0: Safe, effective, and free COVID vaccines are now readily available for all Arkansans ages 5 and up. Booster shots are also available for fully vaccinated people 16 and above. The vaccines are highly effective at preventing severe COVID. That means helping keep you from being hospitalized or even dying. Get vaccinated to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Learn more at healthy.arkansas.gov. This message brought to you by the Arkansas Department of Health.
1: What if you went to your secret hiding place and found just a phone number? 1-800-662-HELP. Before drugs take their toll on you and your family, make the call. For help with drug use, call 1-800-662-HELP for free and confidential information and treatment referral. Or go to samhsa.gov slash know the risks.
2: listening to kmea jonesboro and kbri clarendon the ticket it's time for the setup the fastest hour in sports talk here on the ticket here are your hosts, k carlton and andrew bowen
3: All right, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the show. This Tuesday, January 4th, 2022 edition of the setup here on The Ticket. Kate Carlton along with Andrew Bowen with you here on The Ticket Sports Network. Also streaming online, 953theticket.com. Tune in by searching for KDA. You can also find us on social media, Facebook and Twitter at 953 the ticket is where you can find us there uh, all right so we'll get into a few things today uh, we'll talk some A-State basketball we had live with the Red Wolves uh, last night as well as uh, some uh, teleconferences today between both uh, A-State head coach uh, men's head coach Mike Pilato and A-State women's head coach Destiny Rogers uh, there's Kind of all quiet on the uh, on the western front on the MLB side, but there was some MLB news yesterday. Uh, continue to see John Morant dominate for the Grizz, and then uh, we'll have our first chance to catch up uh, with Curtis Wilkerson uh, here in this new year of 2022 on the program today as well. So that and more coming up on the show, but first off, Andrew Bowen will get us caught up on some headlines.
1: Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Football Scoop is reporting that Butch, Coach Butch Jones has found his defensive line coach. Per the report, Walt Stewart is being added to the Arkansas State staff to fill the position vacated by Brandon Joyner. Stewart most recently coached at Temple but played for Jones in Cincinnati, and his first coaching position was a graduate assistant under Jones at Tennessee. Elsewhere, Arkansas men's basketball will host Vanderbilt tonight in the Hogs' first SEC home game. This will be the first league game overall for the Commodores, while the Razorbacks are 0-1 in league play. Game time at Bud Walton Arena is at 7.30 p.m. And it's five straight wins for the Memphis Grizzlies as they top, top, th, topped the Nets in Brooklyn, 118-104 to 104 Monday night. John Morant scored 36 points and five Grizzlies finished in double figures. Earlier in the day, Morant was recognized by the NBA as the Western Conference Player of the Week. And this has been your Daily Headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Now back to Cade. Uh, John ja, or not John ja Morant? North Shadowmere will uh, not repeat for the
3: third week in a row as the Sunbelt Men's Conference Player of the Week. Bummer there. Uh, but A State only playing one game, so they gave it to David Azor of uh, UT Arlington. As UT Arlington got in uh, two games this weekend, so North Shadowmere does not repeat for the third week in a row as the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week. Uh, but that uh that's the latest there. I mean, when you average 27 points and 7 rebounds and you go 2 and 0 in the opening weekend of conference play, it's not it's not a bad thing when you get the when you get the player of the week. So maybe uh maybe A-Stay can get two games in this weekend and North Shadowmere can make it three in uh four weeks for the uh, men's basketball player of the week within the within the Sunbelt Conference, uh, but that's the latest news there from uh, from the conference uh i think they announced the women's player of the week earlier today too um uh, it was not uh an a state player it was uh a ut arlington player so ut arlington swept the sunbelt conference player of the week awards as star jacobs uh earned the women's player of the week honors today so that's uh the latest from the uh from the Sun Belt um, Alright, so we'll we'll uh, we'll get into some A-State basketball talk uh, I have a few clips of audio that we'll play in the second segment of the day uh, Just kind of uh, going over uh, You know, talking a little bit about Desi Seals Who was on the Second to None podcast today And then uh, both coaches uh, went through and did a, a Media availability uh, this morning So uh, we'll hear uh, from both of them in that But First off, uh, last night we continued to see just uh, a dominating performance from uh, from John Morant to the Memphis Grizzlies, who has now scored 30 or more points in four straight games, the first time it has been done in the history of the uh, Grizzlies franchise, as he finished with 36 points last night for... For the Grizz and 36 minutes of work, uh, he put up 36 on 14 of 22 shooting and also added uh, six rebounds and eight assists. Coming off of a Western Conference Player of the Week uh, honor, I guess yesterday he was named the Western Conference Player of the Week, and he does it again for the Grizz last night as they win 118-104 to over the Brooklyn Nets, and it continues to be kind of uh, – bizarre, not necessarily bizarre, but a really cool kind of storyline within the Grizzlies and the NBA season of an, an emerging star in, in John Morant continuing to put up
1: big numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's he's on a roll, and the Grizzlies are on a roll, too. Um, it is kind of sad that Jaron Jackson kind of took a backseat in that game, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard when you have a lot of scorers on your team. I mean, Desmond Bain had, I think, 23 or 24, so... It's it's hard to score when you got two guys just balling out. Yeah, I mean that. uh, It it is pretty it is pretty incredible to
3: see, right? Because like you're used to people talking about the Grizzlies, but you're not used to the Grizzlies having a a superstar per se. So it is incredible to see. even as someone who doesn't really pay attention to the NFL anymore or the NBA anymore, it is incredible to see like you log on Twitter and it's all everyone's talking about is John Morant, some guy who yeah. plays an hour away in Memphis. So, uh, that it, it has been, uh, it has been pretty cool to see, uh, the emergence and the ride and the rise of John Morant, uh, especially over the course
1: of, of this season. Cause you got to think about the, the last I guess stars of the Grizzlies were Marcus Mike Conley, yeah, and they're not even, even superstars. Yeah, I just say yeah. like
3: yeah, John Moran has, has a chance to be the first superstar with the yeah. uh, with the Grizz.
1: 100%. He's going to break a bunch of records and he's what is this his third year? Second year?
4: Uh I think it's his third
1: year. No, I think it's his second. Maybe it's his it. second year. Yeah. I can't I can't I, remember. I don't know. But he's, either he's way, young. he's yeah, young. Yeah, either way he's on fire. He's not stopping yeah. anytime soon
3: so uh that's that's kind of the latest there. he's led the Grizz uh to I think four straight victories now four straight games where he scored uh, 30 or more points it continues to be uh, one of the uh one of the brightest uh storylines uh for for the Memphis Grizzlies who are now like all of a sudden 10 games over 500 at 24 and 14 uh they will next be back in action tonight against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers uh tip off of that one at six o'clock and a game you can hear right here on the Ticket correction, third year. That was my uh, <laughs> for whatever reason. The Grizzly have like a 33% chance to win the game, according to ESPN's
1: basketball power index. So, ESPN will never give Grizzlies credit, but yeah. even, even if they have a superstar, they still won't. Yeah. It's, it's incredible to see, honestly. <laughs> uh,
3: anyways, so that's that's kind of the latest there. Uh, some other news that and I don't really guess it was anything like groundbreaking or major or anything like that. Uh, but the Sporting News put out an article this morning and then there were a couple of other people that that backed it up uh, it, because the Washington football team announced earlier today that uh, in early February they were going to announce their name change and their rebrand and the new logo and all of this. Uh, they were going to put it out. And so immediately you started to see, oh, it's going to be Washington Red Wolves. But I think a lot of people have uh, – uh a, a lot of people uh, had hope for that and i don't know that that is going to uh to be the case as you know it was the the team president announced that due to legal herder legal hurdles that they would uh, be opting out of the name for the team which it is interesting. I do wonder how much conversation there was, or if any, between A State and the Washington football team about them potentially taking over
1: not taking over, but also sharing the name of of the, Red Wolves as well. There had to have been. I mean, there's no way first off, they would have to pay A State some amount of money or yeah. to share it. But I'm sure they just didn't want to deal with it, so they just moved on. Well, because one <laughs>
3: of the one of the quotes was uh from the team president Quote, once we began looking into Wolves, however, we became aware of a notable challenge, trademarks held by other teams that would limit our ability to make the name our own. And without Wolves, variations like Red Wolves wouldn't have been viable uh, either for these and other reasons. So, Definitely, definitely <laughs> it was because of Bay State. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know of any other like team that, well, I mean, I guess there's the soccer team that's named the Red Wolves. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a, a definite hurdle you have across like you can't just go over and take over the name Red Wolves with yeah. without paying a state especially so, in the same sport yeah and I, I, <laughs> I'm sure there was at least some conversation uh, I wonder how far the conversations got down the line of can we have the Red Washington, Wolves? no the Washington flip. football team trying to try to take over the name Red Wolves but I know that you know when initially they put this out maybe it was I guess it might have been the summer of 2020 uh, whenever they, whenever they changed the name and immediately like all the fans wanted the, the Washington Red Wolves, but
1: I know it was discussed a bit this summer. It kind of yeah. resurfaced a bit because um, I remember we talked about it briefly and then it kind of died back down and then obviously this statement kind of brought it back up. So I yeah, mean, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, sticking well, I mean, with the Washington football team—the greatest name of all time. <laughs>
3: I mean, you might as well. I mean, like, so one of the quotes they mentioned was they wanted something that was their own and they didn't have to share and would be, you know, kind of new and fresh. And like, there's no other team named the football team. <laughs> no like, one's taking that from no, you. No, <laughs> nobody's taking it from you. I, I mean, it. Honest, honestly, like when they first did it, I kind of laughed at it. But like, honestly, it's it, it's, it's kind of cool. It's smart. It's kind of
5: cool.
1: I mean, I, just, I, I actually, I've actually kind of grown to like the the Washington football team. I think my favorite was the the second that team name was announced, and all the stuff on Twitter of "Can't wait to get my Washington sweatshirt and it just said Washington football team on it." And like, I blank mean, text. <laughs> I mean, it's the NFL. It'd be different if it was like you can't have a college team named, you know,
3: the the yeah. Arkansas football team or the Nevada football team or something like that. <laughs> but I mean, it's different in professional sports where like being, you could have that. It's like the
1: Ohio State University,
3: yeah. So I mean, I, I I don't honestly don't have a problem with it, but we'll see what. Route anyways, we'll uh we'll we'll see kind of what happens there. Uh, the other thing from a national standpoint, uh, we did have baseball news last night, which was like nice because we haven't had. Well, it wasn't nice, but we we did have baseball news, which we haven't had in the month, which was you know a little uh, a, a little crazy because. Obviously, the MLB is in a lockout. We have no idea when that's going to end because the players and the owners won't even like agree to a meeting date where they could continue to discuss potentially um, getting something done. It started the season on, season on time, but we did get an announcement last night from Ken Rosenthal, which has created quite the buzz across uh, not only social media but just sports in general, of Ken Rosenthal being uh, let go from the MLB Network, uh, his contract was up, and he got let go of the MLB Network because of an article in which he was critical about Rob Manfred, um, and rightfully so, because the article came out in 2020 when, I want to say it was like maybe May or so of 2020, when you know sports leagues were trying to get stuff back going, and he was critical of Rob Manfred and how Rob Manfred had you know handled baseball potentially uh you know getting back on track and having a season in 2020 and he got fired for that which is bizarre I mean first off the MLB controls the MLB network so obviously I get that but his writing came in the athletic a completely separate entity from the from the MLB network and uh Ken Rosenthal is no longer employed by the MLB network which is which is just bizarre. I mean, I, it, I've never seen a commissioner where all the news that comes out is bad news. Like, nobody has anything positive to say about Rob Manfred. Not the players, not the coaches, not the fans. Like, nobody has anything positive to say about this guy. And we continue to um, continue to see baseball in, um, in a lockdown. And who knows if it's actually going to start on time this year. I have my doubts. I would say, like, maybe mid-May. That would be my guess on when it starts. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, because, like, eventually, it, it's going to get to a point where – and it got to this point in 2020 when they were, you know, trying to start the season and ran into all these hurdles with COVID and, you know, the the adjusted contracts of the players and how much they were going to get paid. Eventually, the money talked, and it was like, well, you know, some money is better than no money, so we're going to play. Eventually, the money's going to talk here. It's just a matter of, of when. Yeah. So, we'll – uh We'll see. All right, uh, we'll come back. Uh, We'll dive into some A-State talk. Uh, We're about 15 minutes away from uh, getting caught up with uh, Curtis Wilkerson. First time we had a chance to catch up with him in, good Lord, I think almost a month. Uh, So uh, that and more coming up after this timeout here on The Ticket.
2: We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The
6: Ticket. Start the new year off right with new tires from Local Tire & Wheel. Make it a New Year's resolution to drive around on safer tires. The team at Local Tire & Wheel cares about your safety. And right now, $20 gets you started on brand new tires that will give you the peace of mind as you head into the winter weather season. Yes, in January, only $20 gets you started on the tires you need or the wheels you want at Local Tire And wheel. Local tire and wheel has easy payment plans to fit your budget. No credit check and everyone approved. Plus, all tires come with peace of mind. From local tire and wheels, roadside assistance, and road hazard protection programs. Local tire and wheel is locally owned and operated, and that means customer satisfaction is priority one. So don't get caught on slippery roads with tires you don't trust. Get new year deals on tires and wheels. Plus payments to fit your budget, no credit check and everyone approved. Local tire and wheel, 1518 South Caraway in Jonesboro, right across from from Burger King, localtireandwheel.com, and on Facebook, search Local Tire and Wheel Jonesboro.
4: Yard
2: envy. It's a real thing. The guy three houses down has an amazing yard.
6: Why can't my
0: lawn look lush and healthy?
2: Well, he uses JK Lawn and Tree Service. Whether the job is large or small, commercial or residential, JK Lawn and Tree Service offers incredible lawn care. Call 870 897 1329 today. Overgrown hedges, troublesome trees, or unwanted stumps, JK can take care of that too with tree removal, trimming, and fertilizing too. JK also has a 10% discount for seniors and veterans. Call 870 1329. Make your lawn the best
0: on the block with Jay and K. Did you know that First National Bank has been serving Eastern Arkansas since 1886? For 135 years, we have been meeting the needs of Eastern Arkansas. It's not only that we know your name, those that have worked before us probably knew your great-grandparents' name. Banking definitely looked different then, but it is the same personal service that we pride ourselves in today. And as most banks have changed hands over time, we are still locally owned and operated. Consistency, stability, and community are what we are built on. First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas member FDIC.
3: Great vision matters, whether you're on the field or in the stands. That's why Vision Care Center of Northeast Arkansas is here to serve you. Vision Care Center offers diagnosis, treatment and care for a variety of eye conditions. The glasses shop at Vision Care Center also has the most comprehensive selection and expert stylists to find the perfect fit for you to look your game day best. Your road to excellent vision starts at Vision Care Center of Northeast Arkansas. Call 870-932-2211 to schedule your appointment today at our Jonesboro Paragold and Pocahontas locations.
2: The fighting spirit of the Marine Corps is born of battles won. Battles won within, over enemies of fear, enemies of doubt. It's who we are, it's what we do. It's a promise made to you for more than two centuries. A promise of the Marines. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup.
3: All right, welcome back here on this Tuesday edition of the Setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen, with you here on the ticket. Sports Network as we continue along on this uh, Tuesday show about 12 minutes or so away from uh, being able to catch up with uh, with with Curtis Wilkerson at hogsports.com. Uh so now we'll we'll kind of dive in a little bit uh, to A-State basketball, uh, obviously both teams have uh, games coming up on Thursday night. Uh, Fingers crossed, knock on wood, COVID permitting. Uh, Both teams will be in action on Thursday night with the eight-state women hosting the Cajuns, the men traveling to uh, the Cajuns on Thursday. Uh, Yesterday, we had our first edition of Live with the Red Wolves uh, from Lost Pizza on uh, K-Fine. And today, we uh, also got, uh, I I guess, the first media availability press conference session within uh Sunbelt conference play from both uh, Mike Bellato and uh Destiny Rogers earlier today. So we'll uh we'll kind of dive into a little bit of uh audio here. Uh, two of these clips played on the workday red zone, so we'll just kind of rehash them. But one uh, was from the second to none podcast, which dropped earlier today. Which it, it's a very interesting podcast. If you haven't got the chance to uh, to listen yet, because Desi Seals is is featured on it, and it, you know Desi Seals has a pretty cool cool story. And honestly, one I really and truthfully didn't know uh, much about until listening to this podcast today, where he's one of like twenty three siblings in his family. So he has a huge family 23 yeah wow so I mean he has a huge family and you know was was on was on the Jonesboro team that went 32 and0 and and won a uh, a state championship and I mean probably the one of one of if not the best, High school boys basketball teams to ever come out of Northeast Arkansas was uh, was that Jonesboro team, and so has had tremendous success throughout the course of his career. Obviously, started out at Arkansas, was in the Elite Eight last year, and you know has it, it did find like one of the most interesting parts about it about his interview is he's kind of talking about how you know he's averaging fourteen, fifteen points per game, leading the team in scoring. And he doesn't feel like he's played his best basketball. Which I mean, good lord! If you're averaging 14 a game and you haven't played your best basketball, I don't know. Like,
4: I don't know what your <laughs> best basketball
3: is. Like, I, I just uh, are you going to go out and average? Twenty something points every night. I mean, I, I don't I guess know. So I mean, so geez. Uh, I mean, when you lead the team in scoring and you haven't played your best basketball, or at least you say you haven't played your best basketball, then that leaves uh, a little bit room for uh, for optimism. But uh, so we already put this clip out on uh, Twitter today, uh, kind of promoting the podcast. But uh, here's uh, you know a clip of, of Desi Seals on uh, on the Second to None podcast, which you can get uh, anywhere you get podcast. Uh, just kind of talking about. Uh, you know, his mom and his grandma and just kind of how much they mean to him and have kind of helped him get to this point where he's at uh, in his A-State career.
4: Like, we got back from a road trip. I'm in a gym. I asked Coach "Blah." he trying to tell me to go home after we just won. I'm like, Coach, I got to, I'm got. i trying to find myself, for real. You know what I'm saying? That's who i always been. I've always been a hard worker. Where does you
2: know that work saying? ethic come from?
4: My mom. My mom. My 92. I seen them, like, growing up, seen them struggle But I never seen them give up. You know what I'm saying? Like, my eyes getting water talking about, like, them two ladies, like, they work their butt off each and every day, you know, hard. I seen them struggle, you know what I'm saying? Like, it fired me even more to go hard on the court. I got a chance to be something that my family never seen before. That's exciting me the most, but, like, I I get that from mom. I seen her struggle, but I never seen her give up. That's my motto. She struggled but never give up. Okay, I'm going to struggle here, but I ain't going to never give up. So that was uh, Desi Seals
3: on the latest uh, Second to Non-Podcast, which you can get uh, wherever you get uh, podcasts up everywhere. Uh, he's wound up scoring in, uh, in 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 double digits for A-State, and I think eight of the last nine games coming off of a 15-point uh, performance in, uh, in the game against Georgia Southern was one of four in double digits for A-State and averaging uh, just over 14 points per game. So that was a really uh, good and, you know, intriguing uh, – Listen from from Desi Seals uh, that 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 came out today Uh, in terms of a state uh, just like the men's just like the women's team uh, the men's team had a game canceled. Uh, due to COVID-19 issues, but in the one game they played, they played really, really well against Georgia Southern, uh, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, they wound up winning 74-56 to 56 in that game, uh, held the, the Eagles to uh, 36% shooting from the floor, forced them into 20 turnovers, and uh, were able to create uh, quite a few points off of uh, off of turnovers in that game and, uh, you know, and fast break, getting you know, running in transition after forcing turnovers. So the defense was was really good for, for A-State. And Earlier today, uh, Mike Bellato talked about uh, the defensive effort that A-State showed not only in the Georgia Southern game, but uh, has kind of shown
4: throughout uh, the year. I think uh, a couple things. One, um, we're starting the game off with much more intensity. I think that's been more consistent for us. It's very important. The games that we've kind of, um, not done that, it's taken us a while to get uh, to where we want to, you know, the the, the level we want to play at during the game. But I think it, it's just they're taking, you know, pride in it. I really do. Uh, I think that it's less mistakes early in the game and more consistent effort. Um, you know, Keon Wesley is playing really well defensively. You know, he doesn't get a lot of accolades because of, you know, he doesn't score a lot of points all the time. Um, but he's out there. He he really really helps us out because he's a multiple you know position defender. He can guard five positions, um, and he his energy. And then Desi uh, has always been a great defensive player. I think I think with him, you know, it's infectious how hard he plays. So it's kind of rubbed off on some other guys. And then Caleb Fields, in my opinion, when we we agreed as a staff right now, arguably could be our best defender because you know he's small but he's very physical and strong so playing bigger guards like McCadden the other day 65 uh you know all those things um and then the big one the other night was North Shadowmere not fouling you know he 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 picked up his first foul i think with i don't know 12 minutes in the game you know to go in, in the first half and then only finished with three and picked up two like really quick back to back. So he, as long as he does that, he he gives us a presence in there. So if he stays in there with and, and stays out of foul trouble, it obviously helps our defense as well.
3: So that was uh, Desi Seals first, then uh, Mike Pilato talking about uh, this A State men's basketball team. Uh, it 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 is the biggest game left on the schedule coming up on Thursday night. Uh, obviously, you would have liked to have played that game against Georgia State because. Georgia State does have the highest net ranking in the Sun Belt Conference, and it would have been, you know, if you're able to pull that game out, it would have been a huge win. But Thursday night will be a will be a very a very good game for a state uh, to to kind of determine where where they're at. I mean, because this is going to be, uh, you know, the best team on the western side of the Sun Belt Conference, and probably the 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 second best team within the league, maybe behind Georgia State. And so Thursday night will be a good. Uh, a good probably barometer of where uh, of where this team is at. So they'll be on the road Thursday night uh, taking on the Cajuns at seven o'clock, and then on Saturday uh, they'll be taking on ULM at uh, at two o'clock as well. Uh, all right, so wanted to get in a little bit uh, to the women's side of of things. Uh, been here from Destiny Rogers, but honestly, have kind of run out of time to to do that. So we'll save that uh, for later on. In the, in the show today as we get set to be joined by Curtis Wilkerson here in a few minutes. So uh, we'll have a chat with Curtis Wilkerson of hogsports.com on the other side of this timeout here on the Ticket Sports Network.
2: Kara's icing down, Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on The Ticket.
0: Registration is going on now at East Arkansas Community College. There's never been a better time to enroll in classes at EACC. If you want to make a change in the new year, let EACC help you get there. Many programs are available to get you trained and to get you to work. Free money for spring is available for students enrolled in six or more hours. Apply online at EACC.edu, visit the Wind Center or main campus in Forest City, or call 870-633-4480 to get registered for spring classes. Spring classes begin Tuesday, January 18th. Don't wait to get registered. Go to EACC.edu or call 870-633-4480 today.
6: Collision Repair in Jonesboro knows the hassle that a wreck or fender bender causes in our day-to-day lives. You need to be back in your vehicle fast and don't have time to keep taking it back into the shop for missed details. Collision Repair is committed to delivering quality work in a timely manner so you can be back on the road fast. You'll be glad you chose Collision Repair to get your car back to normal after an accident. Get your vehicle fixed right the first time. Call Collision Repair at 935-9482.
0: Jim's Pawn Shop in Jonesboro. Jonesboro wants to help you with your stress about paying bills by giving you top dollar for all of your gold and silver jewelry or coins. Deal with local people who will be there for you this week and the next. Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland has been in business for over 25 years and is known for the best low terms in the area. Jim's will give you money on almost anything of value. You'll find a large selection of items at price to help your budget. Diamonds, musical instruments, video games, hunting gear, electronics, inventory changes daily. Visit Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland in Jonesboro. Voted best to the best six years in a row. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's
7: great. (laughs) You're going to be a wonderful mom. And I can't wait to be a grandpa. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. I struggled to connect with almost everyone and preferred being alone. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. In fact, I called Jim first with the news about my granddaughter, Lizzie. Hey, Jim, I'm going to be a grandfather. Congratulations, Dave. Hey, let's get together and celebrate. Well, as long
2: as you're not grilling
7: my pride was my armor, but I didn't know it then. I couldn't put it in the words. I was sad, was scared, I felt alone. I didn't know how to reach out, so I hid behind anger and silence. But then I decided to listen to Jim and went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit MakeTheConnection.net to find out more. Every day,
2: the men and women of the United States Marine Corps stand ready to defend. The American way of life. The few, the proud, the Marines. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. Now it's fast. Now back to the setup on The Ticket.
3: All right, welcome back here on The Setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on The Ticket Sports Network. It's been a while since... Uh, not only since we've had like a full week of shows but also since we have caught up with uh, our friend Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com and uh, there is no shortage of topics to catch up on uh, this afternoon as Curtis is with us now Curtis how are you this afternoon
5: I'm I'm doing really good it's nice to be back on with you guys hope you enjoyed your christmas and uh, the new year is off to a a good start for you
3: yeah same for you hope you had a great uh, a great christmas and uh, and new year and if you were down in Tampa i'm sure you had a great new year uh this year but uh well we'll talk football but uh we'll we'll kind of dive into basketball first since uh you know they play tonight uh, here in a, in a few hours from a uh, Bud Walton Arena but uh you know this is an Arkansas team they've they've lost 3 of their last 4 games including uh the conference opener uh, down in Starkville last Wednesday so you, you know, in your eyes, what what has kind of gone wrong uh, for Arkansas in this stretch?
5: Well, it, it's really interesting. You know, I, we talked to Eric Musselman yesterday and, you know, had quite a few questions form about, you know, this guy and that guy and, you know, what to do offensively and defensively. And at the end of the day, it, what, what it sounds like it all boils down to right now is just a lack of consistency with this group. And, you know, we've been talking about it uh, since the beginning of the season, even going back to those exhibition games that were probably closer than expected where you know, it's been an Arkansas team that's wildly talented, uh, and they've shown flashes You know, of being that top-20 type team, but they haven't done it consistently. And, you know, we're 13 games into the season now, and, and this is a group that hasn't put together a, a full 40 minutes of just really good basketball. Uh, and then, you you know, you kind of look up and down the lineup and, and the rotations are still a work in progress. You know, uh, in the last three games, it's a team that started 10 different guys. And, and yeah. so they're just sort of trying to figure some things out and uh, really, you know, just keep going back to that word, getting some consistency uh, throughout the roster and, and then just, you know, on the floor from, from game to game and half to half.
3: You know, they... They lose to Hofstra, eighty-nine to, to eighty-one on December eighteenth. But then, you know, came back had a pretty nice response against Elon and wound up winning by double digits. But then it was a, a thirteen-point setback to Mississippi State, a game in which they, you know, trailed a lot of it by by double digits. So, what were your just kind of main takeaways for that Mississippi State game?
5: Well, you know, with Mississippi State, I mean, this is a, a place where Arkansas is seven and twenty-two all time. So. Wow. Uh, not necessarily a, a, you know, friendly confines over there in the hop and Starkville. And, uh, you know, to to kind of complicate matters, uh, you know, Arkansas was without J.D. Notte, uh, who was out with a, an illness, and I'll, I'll let you connect the dots there. <laughs> and then, you know, Kamani Johnson, uh, probably their most physical presence inside, who was really starting to emerge. He was a big reason for that, uh, you know, route over Elon. He kind of had a breakout performance, and, and he was out with an indefinite suspension. So, uh, you know, the place that they struggle to win anyway, and you go in there without the SEC's leading scorer and, you know, a guy who brings physicality. Uh, and, you know, look, Arkansas played well in the first half. I uh, thought, thought the ball was moving pretty well. They were knocking down some shots, only down two at the break. Uh, but then, you know, some of those things that have, have you know haunted Arkansas throughout the season kind of came back to get them in that second half. And really struggled to defend the dribble drive, Uh, You know, Mississippi State's a a physical, long team, and they controlled the glass and and second-chance opportunities. And when you can't string together shots, uh, or excuse me, when you can't string together stops consecutively, and then you're losing the battle on the glass and not getting second-chance opportunities or getting to the free throw line where they were doubled up on the night, uh, that's kind of a recipe for disaster on the road in the SEC. So, uh, you know, it's not necessarily about losing in Starkville. I I think it's a pretty good team. No shame in that necessarily, but... Uh, just the way it kind of happened with the breakdowns in the second half just, uh, you know, kind of leaves some fans frustrated and you know, kind of wondering what's going to happen moving forward.
3: You mentioned the kind of just playing, you know, different guys in the starting lineup and and, and the inconsistency and that, you know, it's kind of been the same when, you know, you look at the box score from every game and it seems like, you know, there's two, three, four different guys within within double-digit scoring. Just, you know, how much of a consistency issue has has this offense been and just the fact that you know there's probably not one guy on this team they can rely on to get double digits night in night
5: out it's true and you know that makes it really difficult on a guy like eric musselman who you know really he does he does his best work as a coach with his game planning and and scouting reports for the you know the opponents and the in-game adjustments that he's able to make but you know he kind of alluded to this yesterday in his press conference i mean if he doesn't know you know the what he's going to get from his own guys night in and night out uh, kind of makes it difficult to, to implement those game plans and make those adjustments. So, you know, he's still trying to find the combinations that work. And, you know, you think with his track record that eventually that'll happen. But, you know, it hasn't so far. And that makes it tough. You know, you've, you've got a guy like an Audis Tony who was really one of the most efficient players in the country through the first eight games of the year. He was averaging, you know, about 14 and 7. Uh, this is a guy that he couldn't take off the floor the last five games. He's really fallen off the map. He's only averaging three shot attempts a game. Uh, you know, Stanley Amude was a guy who was really struggling the last five games. He's averaging about five points. He's shooting 32% from the field. He bust out at Mississippi State with his best game as a Razorback with 19 points. And, and you wonder, you know, is, is Tony going to get back on track? Is, is Amude you know, going to be able to string together and, and kind of stack some of these nice performances? And you just don't really know. You hope so. (laughs) So uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I I had no idea of what they're going to do with the starting lineup tonight. It's kind of a mystery to us, and we don't even know if JD Notte is going to be a full go or not. So it's uh, it's just a lot of unknown right now with this group. Well, the
3: they take on Vanderbilt tonight and. You know, I kind of think there's a little bit of unknown with Vandy. They haven't really reeled off a, a signature win in non-conference play uh, losses to Loyola, Chicago, Temple, uh, SMU, and BCU. So what do you kind of expect to, to see Vandy bring to the table tonight?
5: Well, I, I think the one guarantee you have with them, and I do think they're quite a bit improved from last year, you know, Scotty Pippen Jr., I mean, this is a guy – that scores it as well as anybody in the SEC. And, and actually, I, I called J.D. Notte the leading scorer in the SEC a minute ago. He's actually not. He's at, he's at 18 flat points per game, and, and Scottie Pippen Jr. is at 18.1, so he's got him right now, actually. But, uh, you know, the offense really revolves around him, and, and they've got some nice pieces you know, around him to be aware of. But Arkansas is going to have to contain him, and it's a team effort. Uh, defensively, when you got a guy that can create his own offense like that, and it's something that Arkansas has been a little disconnected with, so it'll be a good test for them to that regard. Then on the other end, bandy has been really good on the defensive end. Only one team has scored more than seventy-two points on them all year. They're only giving up about fifty-nine a game. Uh, you know, an Arkansas team who's they've scored it pretty well. It hasn't necessarily been that efficient. But the main thing with the Razorbacks right now. Uh, it's cutting down on those turnovers. 17 on the road at Mississippi State turned into 25 points for the Bulldogs. Mm. You just can't have that and expect a win. So definitely some things to clean up for the Razorbacks there.
3: Talking with Curtis Wilkerson of hogsports.com. Uh, we'll uh, we'll transition into, I guess, a little bit more of a happier topic with uh, with football because Arkansas football able to go uh, to Tampa and the Outback Bowl and uh, and get the win, so... I guess four trophies now on the year. You had the three rivalry game trophies. Uh, You had the Outback Bowl. You wind up getting nine wins, finishing the year off nine and four. Just, I mean, how much of a building block do you think this season is for, you know, kind of the start of the the Sam Pittman era, maybe getting Arkansas back uh, to a really competitive point?
5: Well, I I mean, it's it's really been nothing short of remarkable. And, you know, Sam Pittman had his work cut out for him when he took the job. And I I think what most people are looking for was just, you know, even if it's just baby steps, just taking, you know, uh, some steps in the right direction. And uh, and I thought they did that last year, you know, rattling off three SEC wins and the the weird COVID schedule that they had. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. I think most people would have been happy just getting maybe that six win mark and and getting to a bowl uh, and then maybe, you know, making a bigger step next year. But, he kind of skipped all that. He skipped a couple steps. (laughs) You know, this group just went in nine games. Uh, That's the first time they've done that in a decade since the Petrino era. So, uh, you know, just just really impressive and, you know, I I think, you know, the future is really bright for this group. Uh, Recruited well this season. I I think prospects are starting to see uh, the progress and and that this, you know, is a program that's building something positive. Uh, 2023 looks good. We'll see what they do in the transfer portal, but You know, when you look at it, and you've got a guy like KJ Jefferson coming back, and the way he's emerged over the course of the year, and that backfield is going to be intact, most of your offensive line, uh, you feel pretty good that I don't know if they'll get to nine wins again next year. That's that's tough to do in the SEC. We know that, but uh, they should be good and and competitive. And I think the times of you know those embarrassing losses and the the two and ten seasons should be done with. And uh, I, I think Razorback fans are definitely thankful for that going into the new year.
3: You talked about K.J. Jefferson, and obviously there's, you know, it's every football and every roster in college football is going to have turnover, be a graduation portal or whatever. But, you know, one guy you are going to get back next year is K.J. Jefferson, who's going to have a full year starting under his belt uh, and be able to play for uh, for two more years as a redshirt sophomore. So, I mean, how big is it going to be to have already, you know, your guy in place at quarterback next year uh, for this
5: team? Well, I, I think it's huge, and, you know, just – his dual threat ability is something that really makes that offense work under Kendall Briles. and You know, he rushed for over 500 yards this year in the bowl game. He led the team in rushing and set a career high with 110 yards. And that was really the adjustment that won him the game. You know, it was kind of a sloppy first half and in the second half, they just said, here, man, here's the football and, uh, and you're going to run it and we're going to kind of get on your back here. You're going to lead us to victory. And he did that. So, uh, You know, his his accuracy improved tremendously over the course of the year. It's a guy that people weren't sure about, you know, and and he had his struggles early with kind of the short and intermediate passing game. He finished at almost 67% completions this year. So uh, really good to see. You know, I I think having that continuity with him under center is going to be really important for this team. And I think the next step in his progression is going to be Uh, what does he do without a trailing Burks next year? And and that's going to require some other guys to step up, but it's also going to require him to be a little bit more trusting uh, the guys that he's throwing the ball to.
3: Well, uh, I know there will be a lot more football coverage with uh, the February signing day, the transfer portal and all that, and then obviously basketball going on, so uh, Curtis, tell uh, our listeners what they can find over at uh, hogsports.com.
5: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's, It's definitely transfer portal season here for football, and you know, that's guys going out and, and guys coming in. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a wild time with the football recruiting over at Hawk Sports. We've got you covered there. And then basketball, we're just trying to figure out what's going on with this team. You know, <laughs> this time last year, they were in a very similar spot. And, and all of a sudden, yeah. they flipped the switch and won 11 SEC games in a row. So people hope that they do that this year. We'll see. It, it kind of all starts with Vanderbilt tonight, and we'll, uh, we'll break it down from every angle possible.
3: Well, Curtis, as always, uh, appreciate the time. It was good to uh, to catch back up with you today, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing your coverage from that Vandy game tonight.
5: Absolutely, I appreciate it, guys. We'll look forward to talking to you next week.
3: All right, sounds good. That's Curtis Wilkerson of Hog Sports joining us on the phone lines here. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Close out the Tuesday edition of the Setup
2: right after this on the Ticket
3: Sports Network.
2: Our advice: just take the over. More of the Setup is coming up next on the Ticket.
0: Good afternoon. I'm Kate Morgan and for Scott Woodson. It's time to take a look at your EAB market countdown. March corn at 609 and a half, up 20 and a quarter. May up 18 and a half, at 609 and a half. January soybeans at 1378 and three quarters, up 34 and three quarters. March up 34 and a quarter, at 1389 and three quarters. March wheat at 770, up 12. May also up 12, at 773 and a half. March cotton at 116.39, up 316. May up 274, at 113.65 113.65. and January rice at 1446 up 3, March up 6 at 1470. In the livestock complex, February live cattle at 137.83, down 110, April down 153 at 142.68. January feeder cattle at 162.68 down 358, March down 318 at 166.35. And February lean hogs at 80.15, down 98, April up 35 at 87. That's your market countdown from your EAB Ag Network. Have a great day if you came across someone struggling with hunger how would you recognize them by their clothes their age the way they speak would you notice an eight-year-old girl who's not, not excited, excited for, for summer break because she may not be having lunch again until september or a single father of two who works three,
5: three
7: part-time jobs and still can't put enough food on the table
0: or maybe a mother who cleans offices at night hoping to find meeting leftovers to take home to a hungry family or a war veteran who's having a hard hard time landing a job and getting back on his feet. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America.
6: Hunger can be
7: hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org.
2: Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. At Beck's, we stand up for the things that matter most. Our faith, our independence, and helping farmers succeed. We're proud to serve the farmers in Arkansas. To us, helping farmers succeed means so much more than just being a great seed supplier. That's why we continue to push boundaries and innovate in an ever-changing industry. That's what makes Beck's different. We love what we do. We are and will remain Farmers at Heart. Contact your local seed advisor, Aaron Little, at 870-227-2520 to find your closest dealer or to place an order today. Hi folks, Mike Linton with Heritage Agriculture. Arkansas is a proud state with amazing people. At Heritage Agriculture, we honor that legacy every day. Helping the great people of Arkansas take care of their farms and ranches is our passion. If you're in the market for a tractor, combine, sprayer, or hay equipment, check out our great lineup of Case IH Equipment. KSIH, along with Heritage Agriculture, is committed to serving Arkansas for all your farm and ranch needs. I'm Mike Linton with Heritage Agriculture, and we want your business. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on The Ticket.
1: Going crazy. Alright,
3: welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the tickets. Always good to uh, always good to catch up with our friend Curtis Wilkerson over at HogSports.com to catch up on the latest uh, with Arkansas basketball and uh, football. So I always appreciate him joining us on the show. Uh, if you missed any of that conversation, you can find it online following the program, soundcloud.com slash ninety-five uh the ticket or uh, wherever you get uh podcast by searching for the uh the setup on that. Uh so some interesting news is coming out uh, from Bruce Feldman uh, about twenty or so minutes ago on the athletic in that Jim Harbaugh apparently there's rumblings on both sides uh from from the NFL and college sources that Harbaugh might be tempted to leave uh, the Wolverines to return to the, to the NFL. Uh, And one of the quotes in his article was that the Raiders head coaching job might be tough for him to say no to given his ties, given his ties to the organization as he started his coaching career there in 2003 and already have a solid quarterback in place. Uh, Also mentions that the bears may be another option if they move on from Matt Nagy. So, that would break my heart if he went to the Raiders. As a 49ers I mean, listen, like <laughs> if you're in Harbaugh, if you're in Harbaugh's situation, I mean, but just think about it though. the The first year, whether it's year eight at Michigan, you're mm-hmm. you're nine at Michigan, whatever it is, the first year you finally break through and you beat Ohio State and you win the Big Ten, you get to the College Football Playoff. The game's over within like three minutes. You get blown off the field in the College Football Playoff, and so. I mean, you have job security now because you you won the Big Ten and you and you got to the college football playoff. But if that's the end game for you at Michigan, where maybe once every six, seven, eight years you're going to break through and win the Big Ten and then go get blasted in the college football playoff semifinal, like I mean, I get it. Like it, it it's typical to jump to the NFL too. because I mean, listen, he's been at Michigan since 2015. And this was the first year where Michigan was, you know, in the contention to be in the college football playoff and win the Big Ten. So if you have to get past Ohio State every year, and more times than not you're not getting past Ohio State, and then when you do get past Ohio State, you have to get past Georgia or Alabama or someone like that, and you're just going to get, you know, run off the field essentially – Within the first quarter of play, like, I, I, I don't blame him for wanting to jump back to the NFL. And he's been so successful in the NFL in yeah, the past, that, so why that, not? that's the thing that is, and you say, like, oh, he hadn't been successful in college. Uh, I mean, he still has a 72% winning percentage, which is pretty doggone good. But, like, he hasn't been successful. Like, he was in the Super Bowl in the NFL. He hasn't really been there in, in college football until this year, so... I, I think that uh, I think that is interesting uh, to to keep an eye on. Now, the other thing that that would do is probably reset the the coaching carousel. Uh, because I mean, you would think a school like Michigan is not just going to do a Notre Dame and hire from within. They're going to try and go out and poach somebody, even though if it's even
1: if it's late in the game. So, is there anyone still on the board? I don't know. I mean, I, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, Urban Meyer's available. Anyone good on the board?
3: I mean, if you want to take a PR hit, Urban Meyer's available.
1: I mean... Huge PR hit. Yeah, I mean... you might clear out the PR department. Everyone might quit if he joins. Well, the biggest PR hit for
3: Michigan would be the fact that Urban Meyer coached at Ohio State. That would be the biggest PR that, hit. That would be it, it, it has nothing to do about the video or anything that went out in Jacksonville or whatever. <laughs> the biggest PR hit was that you're hiring a guy that used to coach at Ohio State. So that it like, would beat you that, every year. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that, that, that's 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 not that's it's not going to happen. It'd be a PR but, hit for the Raiders with Harbaugh. If you Think about it but the nfl is different yeah the nfl is different plus the the raiders need to win like they
3: just had all types of off the field drama this year they already had the the second their second player got arrested for a dui a couple of days ago yeah that's Uh, brutal and
1: they're a good team they have a lot of talent yeah
3: so yeah i i think that one is really appealing for for harbaugh wouldn't be wouldn't be a bit surprised if uh if he uh wound up going there so Anyways, that's uh, that's kind of the latest from from both NFL and Bruce Feldman. Uh, people speculating that Jim Harbaugh might jump ship and go to uh, go to the NFL, which could. Hey, listen, I'm all for like a January February coaching carousel because right now it's essentially all died down. You, I mean, your essentially your head coaching carousel was over by the first week or so week, two weeks of December and your assistant coaching carousel um, was pretty much over by, you know, around Christmas time. Like there, there's still stuff that hasn't been made official, but I feel like for the most part, it's kind of died down. So, I mean, I'm all for a January coaching carousel that would Keep it undoubtedly spicy. <laughs> start if, if Harbaugh departed for the NFL. Keep it spicy. So, I mean, listen, like if Dylan Gabriel can, can back out of a transfer portal commitment to UCLA and go team up with his former offensive coordinator Jeff Levy at Oklahoma then I firmly believe that that should be the case for any head coach. Yeah. I mean if they, if, they if, if that's the rules in the transfer portal, that's the rules in the coaching carousel. Yeah, because no, I, agree. I, that, I mean that I think Dylan Gabriel's going to do good at Oklahoma. I just think that's a I think that's kind of a bad move. To commit to UCLA, and then two weeks later, go to Oklahoma. Yeah, we see it happen a lot, though. I mean, I know that's the, that, that's, that's the nature the thing, of things yeah. within the transfer portal. Is that? I mean, essentially, no commitment is a commitment until you get on campus, and even then, it's like uh, you're you're on a one year contract because there's much. always there's always a better deal. Yes. So, anyways, uh, we still haven't talked about a state women's basketball. We we need to do <laughs> that before we get out of here. Yes, uh, we do. Dusty Rogers uh, was was on the uh, Sun Belt, uh teleconference today talking about uh the the shortened weekend that was for A State. Um uh, listen like if you go back and look at the the Georgia Southern game and you just see the final score. It's like eighty four seventy five. It's like, oh you know, that that that's a game that probably was never in question, you know, in the second half of play because it's it's a nine point game, whatever. This game was a one point game with a minute and a half to go. A State got went down and got a bucket with a minute and a half to go, and it was it was a one point game. And then a technical foul on Trinity Jackson. A couple of made free throws by Georgia Southern. Then a uh, a made field goal by Georgia Southern, and then some made free throws down the stretch when A State played the foul game. Sent what was a one point game with a minute thirty to go to an eighty four to seventy five. Uh, 84-75 to final uh, on the road in Statesboro. And obviously, A-State was not able to play on Saturday due to COVID-19 issues within the uh, Georgia Southern program. But uh, Destiny Rogers earlier today just kind of talked about her uh, main takeaways from uh, the Georgia Southern game last uh, Thursday.
0: Well, I, didn't, I don't think we got off to a good start first. Um, you know, we weren't ready to play. Uh, you know, and, and we're working through that. We have to be better about getting a good start. You know, I don't think we had a good start against SIU either. You know, we've kind of been trying to be the comeback kids. So we're trying to figure out how we can, you know, get off to a good start and maintain that throughout the whole game. Um, You know, I I think that in order to give ourselves an opportunity to win on Thursday, I think it's important that we get off to a good start. Um, So, you know, we've been trying to, you know, work on a lot of things in practice, have fast-paced practices, um, you know, and just – try to get them prepared, you know, for what's coming on Thursday.
3: I mean, that's essentially what has happened the last couple of games for a state where, I mean, they're down at eight. They're down by eight at one point in the first uh, quarter of play that, you know, it's one, two possession game for most of the second quarter. And uh, Georgia Southern gets on a late run there. And, you know, they end up five at the half. And then Georgia Southern goes on like a 6-7-0 run there in the third quarter, and at one point they're up by 13, and A-State claws back. So, that I mean, that's kind of been what has happened the last two games. A-State overcame a 15-point deficit in the second half of play against SIU Evansville. They attempted to overcome a 13-point deficit in the second half of play against uh, against Georgia Southern. So, there is, there is stuff to work on, and obviously you don't want to get behind double digits and have to clog your way back in every game, but... I, I will say one of the positive things about it is that I, I just think since Destiny Rogers has taken over the last four games, you have seen just a tremendous amount of fight out of this out of this A State team. Because, like, listen, if you're down 15 in the fourth quarter on the road against S I U. Evansville and you quit, it, it is what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's basketball. A lot of teams are going to do that. If you're down 13 on the road at Georgia Southern and have endured the hellish day of travel before. Nobody would fault you for quitting, but yeah. the one thing that this team has done since Destiny Rogers' over is is fight like crazy, and so that uh, that is definitely a positive sign. So, A-State will be in action on Thursday night against the Cajuns from First National Bank Arena. All right, that does it for us today. The drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Uh, tomorrow, it's uh, the front row with Budro from 7 to 10. 10 to 12, it's Red Wolf Roll Call. Twelve to two, the workday red zone with Kara Richie you back to us tomorrow from two to three. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.